bonking everybody and welcome to Take Your Time, Persona 5 podcast where we play Persona 5 Royal in real time alongside the in-game calendar, real world dates. I lost track of that one. You, but you it's, broke. Like. It's, it's good because we're losing track of the actual dates right now because we are recording this on the same day as we recorded the other one, which means we're a week ahead. Uh, but for you, the viewers at home, you should be normal. We just can't read your comments. But anyway, uh, this week... We are going through the days of December 12th through December 19th. We're going to be talking about Shido's Palace in full, the boss fight, the deadline, everything. I am Tom Marks, by the way, joined by Jonathan Dornbush. Jonathan. Hello. It's been so long, Tom. It's great to talk to you. I know. It's been a whole... I've missed you dearly. Minutes. That time where you went to go get water and use the bathroom, it was the longest minutes of my life. I forgot to get water, actually. Uh, Well, there you go. Yeah. Anyway. I guess, I guess we're lost. I'll speak like this the whole time. It'll be great <laughs> for the listener. Uh, before we yes. jump into the actual show, let's do some housekeeping. First, uh, I presented a pop quiz, uh, which I will not be repeating every option for, but I will be repeating some new ones um, or, or reading off some new ones. Um, Jonathan. Yes. Did you have any guesses about which of the the lines from ey that ey will say while you're customizing guns were ones that he actually says so you read i think five i read five uh so i'm assuming four out of the five are real are all five real all five are real oh my god i thought so there were two in there (laughs) where one was like fire related and one was ice related i was like oh yeah. you made up one of those because they sound so similar right. i was like ha- one of those has to be a parody of the other um, yeah because that's usually how i would do trophy tests but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. um all five are all, real man i knew the humidity one was like i had said on the last week's show i uh i had heard that recently but. uh there are two versions of the humidity one because oh there's another one where he also says something along the lines of like uh i know it's dry outside but like be careful like, be careful around gunpowder, is what he says. And, like, my favorite thing about these sentences that EY says is, like, he constantly can't decide whether they're real guns or not. Because <laughs> half of the time, he'll be like, be careful around guns, they, they're gonna misfire if it gets too humid out. And then also he'll be like, uh, you know, don't fire these things at people, okay? And then later he'll be like, but also these are models, so they don't fire real bullets. And like, <laughs> like, are they real guns are they, or not? <laughs> yeah, like, are we in a scenario where he's winking at us every time he says they're not real? So, or they're so just models? The or? other three, I'll read the other three that I didn't read because okay. I, I just love them. I love all of these. Like, literally, I've been planning to do this quiz for like three months because That's I was amazing. like so excited about how dumb these lines are. I uh, can't wait to see what people say is the fake one. He does a lot that are, I read the shotgun one, but he does a lot that are like uh, weapon specific, depending on whose gun you pick. So if you pick oh, okay. Ryuji shotgun, he says the shotgun line. Uh this poor voice so, actor. So there's one that was, uh, one I didn't read was, uh, you're interested in an automatic, huh? Did you know they use prop versions of them on TV? Fancy, why? <laughs> but is it this a prop version? Yeah, right? Um, and then there was, uh, let me tell you, if you put a mega power receiver on a grenade launcher, once the dust clears, there'll be nothing left of them. How much time does he spend with grenade launchers? Well, that's Hataru's weapon if you pick it. Oh, right, right. But also, like, I'll be also, honest with you. 
that's like he's giving you advice about like a like it's a real grenade launcher. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say that, and then also too, just like I always thought growing up, grenade launchers were like a thing just invented for games. Because I'm like, what sort of gun would just fire grenade? That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I I I see that. Um. Well, but, uh, this kind of gun. Yeah. So uh, do you have one last one? I have or? one last one that I want to okay. read, uh, which is. When you pick uh, Makoto's gun, which is a revolver, he says, uh, man, boosting a revolver's power, that's the dream. Not exactly precise, but when the shot lands, God, does it land. He enjoys murder so much. And also, it's just, it's another one of those ones where it's like, it could have just ended at that's the dream. Yep. But then it's like a whole other novel when it lands. After- yeah. Uh, real quickly, I do want to shout out, because uh, I didn't do this last episode and I should have, uh, Kaiji Tang is the voice actor for EY. He also does the voice of um, uh, Ka- Ichiban Kasuga in uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah. Great voice actor. I didn't mean any of this to be like a criticism of him, oh, by no, the way. Oh, no, I don't if think that, it was. If, I'm glad. It, he, like, I really do love his voice work in this game and others. And um, yeah, it's like... These sentences are just, like, hilariously long. Because you got to yeah. remember, once again, these are, like, idle animation sound effects in the background of you shopping. Yep. <laughs> and they'll just keep going. They are, it is a lot of extensive work for a game that is already so big and so packed with things. And there's, like, it's, a dozen of them. Yeah. It's not the just, like, two like, it's so many lines of dialogue. He'll say it for different guns, too, which means, assumedly, he he recorded, like, the shotgun, the revolver, or, like, you know. And, like, the winter one is specific to winter. Like, I, I, I would wonder if there is as many lines of dialogue in just the shop as there are, like, EY speaks in his confidant line total. Yeah. Like, it might be comparable. That's that's not... You're probably not far off there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this week's episode is just going to be all about EY. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, no, I'll no, move it's, on. I, I, I genuinely have, like, grown to like that character so much this time around because I've finally gotten to spend time with him. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we've had this, uh, this dive into his idol animation. I can't talk about EY anymore, though, because we do have a big episode to get through. Um... We're doing the palettes, obviously, but we also have some yeah. viewer comments. Jonathan, if you want to read a couple of those real well, quick. Well, so these are all related to the palace. Okay, so maybe we do so, it after. Yeah, maybe we save them for, yeah. you know, as we're going through or, yeah, after the fact. But, yeah, we yeah. asked we asked for comments on this palace. I mean, anybody had thoughts, like, a couple technically at this point it would be, like, two weeks ago. So, yeah. yeah, we'll have some that we can read after just to, like, get a little bit of that audience interaction in there uh, for you all. And if you're um, listening to this way in the future, none of that matters. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so we'll, uh, yeah. So let's get into the free time. We've got four days of free time to do leading up to our basically final, uh, at this point, final deadline, right? Um, yeah. And let's just get into that. Let's get through the free time quick because as we yeah, talked we about can knock it out. last week's episode, it's kind of weird, right? At the yeah. end of the game where you're like running out of stuff to do sometimes. Um and then we'll get into the palace right before the deadline, and then we'll go yeah. through from there. So, first cool. day, uh, December 13th. 13th. Yes. Yes. What did you do? I worked at the convenience store. What? What? <laughs> because I still had a Mementos request there. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, I'm going to have to go back to Mementos. I might as well do this. And, like, 
it was just one of those things where I warped into uh, Shibuya and Morgana was like, oh, yeah, didn't we hear there was someone not great around here? We should go investigate that. So I just decided to do that because I had no one to hang out with during the day. No one was available because Shinya is my only person during the day at this point, uh, And he wasn't available that day for me. So I just went to the convenience store and worked there to get a Mementos request. Uh, and it would have been sad if I didn't get that request, but I did. Uh, and then in the evening, I hung out with Chahaya incredible uh, i like that a lot so was that hanging out with chai for the level because last time you yes yeah this was for right. i believe uh where is it because i don't want to mess it up with the week after i think this might have been max rank okay i think this was either rank nine or max rank nice Chihaya. yeah cool uh so on the 13th i took on to the shibuya buffet okay so that i could get a chocolate fountain from her Nice. So now I have a chocolate fountain in my room. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot you're scamming your friends. Is, is yes. Your this, this last week I've been scamming my friends for gifts. Yeah. Yes. Um, you have, just to be clear from last week, you had like 4 million yen. And you're also like, how can I get my friends to give me gifts? Is is what's happening with your Joker right now. He is like loaded. You have had so many times where people in your life have been like, I can barely afford to eat. And you're like, how do I get a chocolate fountain? Don't put it that way. <laughs> it's too I know, true. I, I was just thinking, it is so funny to talk about this game like sans context for what we've been doing yeah. uh, per day. But yeah. Anyway. So took on to the Shibuya Hotel buffet, got a chocolate fountain, and then worked it all off at the gym in the evening. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, what about December 14th? December 14th. I can just clear it out in one. I went to the gym twice. I did two of these. Oh, nice. Yeah, because no one wanted to hang out today. All right. No one at all. Yeah. Uh, I took Futaba to a tourist area of Asukasa. Uh-huh. Uh, or, uh, sorry, Asakusa. Excuse me. Um, and she got me an I Heart Tokyo shirt. Good. And I didn't know where that was going to go. Turns out you hang it on the end of your workbench. So, like, at the okay. edge of the workbench, there's now just, like, a green shirt that says, like, I Heart Tokyo. That's cute. I yeah, like it's, that. it's very funny. That's adorable. Um, and then in the evening, I went to the gym. Nice. <laughs> working out. So, for people who don't know, you go to the gym, right, and, like, I think it's every, like, four or five times you go to the gym, you do, like, a new workout thing, and that kind of increases the tier of, like, how much um, benefit you're getting from it. And yeah. Where working out your room only gets you HP, working on the gym gets you HP and SP. So it's like, if you have nothing else to do, it is the most productive thing to do because you just slowly get more and more stats. Yeah. And like, I think I looked it up at once. So since Joker's stats are all based off of personas, right? Your like actual like strength, magic, that sort of thing are all based off the personas he's using. The only thing that leveling up really affects on Joker is his health and SP. Yeah. So when you work out, you're basically just, like, giving him free level-ups. Which is, yeah. when you think about it that way, like, not a waste of time, right? Like, it's no. a huge impact, but it's not a waste of time. If you have free time, the gym, it can at first seem silly, but it, it's worth it, I think, to yeah. go for a few t- Especially if you have protein to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in International protein, or imported protein. Yeah, imported protein is the best. Moist protein is the second best, which you can only get on rainy days. Mm-hmm. And then, well, of course. Yeah. And then As anyone protein. knows who's ever worked out, you leave your protein out in the rain. Yeah. It gets better. That's how protein works. Yeah. There's nutrients in the sky. Um, let's go to December 15th. Yeah. 
the 15th, I hung out with Shinya. Uh, okay. I think this was in sort of the sphere of his confidant or the mementos request. Right. Uh, and then I maxed out EY that evening. So this week was genuinely stressful for me <laughs> because after I maxed out Makoto on December 11th, I had two more level ups to do with Shinya. Yeah. And I had this ticking timer of the deadline where yeah. I was like, okay, at the beginning of this week, there's four days of uh, free time, right? Yeah. Or excuse me, five days of free time. Yeah. And I was like, I got to hit Shinya twice in five days. You shouldn't hit him. That's rude. All right. Um, and then like the first day he wasn't available and I was like, okay, okay, okay. That's two days and two times or in four yeah. times. That's fine. And then the second day he wasn't available and I was like, okay, I just got to get two and three, two out of three, <laughs> two out of three. And then he was yeah. available this day. So I leveled him to nine. Nice. Um, and then I went to the gym. Nice. Uh, yeah. I, I did not finish a couple confidants, unfortunately. Okay. The end of this. Well, that's, but, uh, that's okay. Yeah, it happens. Um, yeah, moving on from there, I guess, then can jump into the 16th unless anything happened on your end. Uh, on the 16th, uh, yeah, no, no, go ahead. 16th. Cool. Uh, I played darts during the day because hey. Shinya wasn't available. Uh, so I played darts uh, because I think one person wasn't at the final rank. I think Ryuji was the only one for some reason not at rank three. So I, I did it just to get him there. Uh, and then I got to rank eight with Oya. So, is Ryuji the one that you get level one to start with? Because it's like the first time it teaches you how to play darts. It might yeah, be that it was like leftover from that. It might've been. And I think I messed up. This was when I was playing remote play on my phone. Right. So it was harder to get the, the timing down for, yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. So I messed up the, the pattern to be able to get him to rank three and one. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, but, okay. Uh, yeah. I took my girlfriend, Haru, to go get Manja. Could you know her name? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You uh, That's fine. I took her to go get Manja so that I could get a souvenir spatula to put in my room. <laughs> okay. Also, I couldn't hang out with a small child and it drove me crazy because I had sure, one day Sure, of course. Left. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the gym that night. Nice. Uh, I love that we're getting to a cliffhanger for you on this one. Uh, well, I can then begin December 17th to keep that cliffhanger going. Uh, I got Shinya to rank eight. So yeah, I did not get to finish his, but I got him to rank eight. Uh, Oya was not available this evening to hang out, so I couldn't even get her to rank nine. Uh, so I just did billiards because I also didn't have the max rank there. I forgot I didn't go back after reading the book. So I went back one last time to get that up to its final rank. Nice. Tom, what did you do on December 17th? I maxed Shinya! Yeah, nice. So I finished all of my confidants before the deadline. Nice. Just barely. Yeah. Uh, to anybody who didn't do that, like Jonathan, don't worry about it. There, You have more opportunities, especially in Royal. Um, so it's not like... Like, this is the thing we've talked about. Royal gives you more time during like it gives you more evenings that sort of thing but it also gives you more time because there's more stuff to do yeah. so like 
doing everything by the deadline is not like necessary, right? Like I'm, I'm happy that I was able to, but like, it is not by any means like the be all end all, like you failed sort of thing or anything like that. It's, it's so wild going into January and just not knowing what's going to happen. I just have no concept of how this month will play out. I am excited for next month. It's so wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Okay. So I max Shinya and then I celebrated by going to the gym. Nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's our five days of free time, which we spent roughly as much time on as we did my EY impressions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my bad EY impressions. So uh, let's talk about the palace. Because yeah. you well, did it. I was just going to say, well, you set us up for the palace. I'm just going to go make sure Loki is okay and not get into anything. So you keep going. I'm listening. Okay. Uh, so last week, Jonathan did the palace. Uh, The week before, I think, was when I did it. Um, And this is a big one, right? This is like, it's, it's, I think it took me five or six hours to get through the entire thing when I played it. It is probably the biggest palace in the game. Um, So we're going to start at the top, which is you go back into the palace and you already know a few things, right? You've got this door to the legislative room that has five slots where you need to get five letters of introduction. You know that the five VIPs you need to get them from are a, uh, what is it? It's a politician, a corrupt politician who hangs out in a restaurant, a royal, a member of a royal bloodline who hangs out in the pool or by the pool. Um, and I T or no, 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 no. A TV station president who hangs mm-hmm. out in the slot machine near the slot machines an IT president who never leaves his room and a mysterious fifth cleaner, right? Um, and it just sort of, op- it doesn't open up. I would be like this, this, the first time I played this, I always thought it was going to be like, Oh, these are the five things you got to get. Go find them. Right. Same. Yeah. But it is linear. Yes. It's, it's very linear. And if you try to circumvent that, I did just out of curiosity, it will be like, Oh no, don't go ahead. We're in the area where this guy is like, we should yeah. focus on him first. So yeah, it does. Right sequentially go through the same for everyone i guess so just to start for for a minute or two what do you think of this palace in general because i i really like it i do too and it's it's tough because i know it is you know royal content coming up aside that i don't know anything about like this is essentially the big palace like we've been working up to this palace the whole time and so i think like on a scale and a scope level it succeeds in that respect I think it's multi-layered in a way that's interesting. Um, it has this combination of like, there's a lot of exploration you can do some light, you know, environmental puzzle solving and things to do. Like it's very robust and almost made me wish that we like that palaces had progressed a little bit more earlier in this way. Sure. Um, like in retrospect, but also then we probably, this palace would have been, you know, 30 hours then if they had to like build something too big. So I get it there, but it made me almost go like, oh, this is what like a palace can be. And I don't think it's the best palace or like necessarily in, in every respect. Like I do get a little bit bored of the, the look of it. Um, sure. I'd say is probably the, its weakest element for me is kind of the, repetitive nature of, of some elements in the middle and you can definitely get lost a bit pretty easily. Yeah. Um, which can be frustrating, but like overall in terms of a, a palace to progress through, it does have that sense of like, Oh, this is the, you know, there's a reason Cheeto is the big bad up till now. Like we are really pushing to get through his palace. And I think this befits that really. Well. Yeah. 
It is treated, uh, obviously, um, without specific spoilers, we know this is not necessarily the end of the game. Yeah. Um, but it is treated as the end of the game. This is the big bad, right? Um, and that's, I, I think you're totally right. It, it is on a scale that uh, reflects that to, yeah. to a, a good degree. And especially as we'll talk about in a bit, the boss fights, yeah. <laughs> right, are like, they are classic end of a JRPG multi-phase like bouts you yeah, know like if you told me that was the end of the game i'd be like yep that makes sense that yeah. was the end and now we get a little denouement but yeah right um so let's get into it let's go area by area kind of like as we go through the first kind of area is uh this lounge area where you have to find just a restaurant card right a membership card to get into the restaurant to meet and fight this politician um <laughs> yeah is there anything that stands out to you about this area first no, I think this is the simplest one. It is one of those areas that even though it's the very beginning, you could easily get lost if you kind of don't know what you're doing. Like There's a couple this paths is, and winding areas. Everything looks similar, like you said. And you essentially just need to be able to talk to the right people to trigger the needing to go to the, the correct uh, bartender to, to get the card that was dropped. Yeah. Uh, and so if you don't do that, you could kind of be going up and down and be like, did I talk to that person already? Maybe I didn't. Um, so it's, it's not like the most exciting intro but i think it does sort of set the stage for where you're going to be going for me yes and you get into the 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 restaurant and you have to like trick the the politician right into giving you a letter of introduction and makoto just like is super fancy like she knows how to order and she knows how to speak respectfully but the the kind of joke (laughs) if you will of all all of these um vips is that you try to, like, you know, uh, schmooze with them and, like, butter them up to get a letter of introduction. And a lot of the time you do. And then yeah. you are, like, something happens and you fight anyway. <laughs> and so I, they're, I, like, these mini bosses. Also, a, a sort of uh, repeating joke is that Ryuji is an uncultured swine who has no business <laughs> being here. Um, yeah. There's... There's very much, it'll happen a few times. I mean, it happened even before this when we first got into the palace where, like, no one wants to talk to Ryuji. Um, But even with this guy, like, I don't know if the scene changes at all, but essentially it's like, we got to go over to this table and you can volunteer to go or you can suggest other people. I volunteered to go, um, but Ryuji took my place because- I believe it's always Ryuji. Okay, yeah. He he took my place because he he wanted food, even though we're in a palace. But yeah, it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, Ryuji is not the best first impression for a politician, but uh, here we go. And then, yeah, we fought. Um, And we we also learned from him that he had ordered some mental shutdowns is is like one of the big things that we, we start to get the picture of here. And Makoto does a really good job of like manipulating people into thinking that she's evil too and like wants to go along with all these plans, right? Totally. So Makoto yeah. gets some moments to shine in this palace for sure. W- um, without spoilers, I think all of the women pretty much show that like they know how to like they they are way smarter and more tactical about it in a way right. that like Ryuji just is like, "Hey dude, give me yeah. a letter." It's like Ryuji's <laughs> contribution to this palace is like let's sneak into a uh a dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas all of the women go about it so much more tactfully. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's so very the, funny. The, the one kind of other thing that this starts to set up is not only does it set up this sort of mini boss, get the letter of introduction, learn a little bit about Shido, fight them. It also sets up this idea of after you fight them, 
you like get some more intel on Shido, and then there's a like a cutscene or not a cutscene because those are animated, but there's like a scene outside of the palace where you watch something happen, usually involving Shido, uh, or in the later ones, Akechi. So in this case, you fight this politician, and then he reveals that the reason the principal was killed, the reason that the principal was walking towards the police station in that one cutscene, was because they, they were trying to leak Shido's name to the police. And that was, like, what got them offed right yes yeah. uh explicitly so you get you start this palace is also really good about like answering questions in a way that is like exposition but not just like one giant exposition dump it's like it's feeding you little bits totally it, it relates to the wider story in like throughout rather than just a confrontation with shido at the end where he tells you every bad thing that he ever did yeah this, right. this allows it to be doled out at i think a much better pace uh, yeah and 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 then we also get that like back and forth where we not only get that but we get the real world scene with shido talking to the politician on the phone yes um sort of in conjunction which is a recurring motif as well yeah and and this phone call is pretty uneventfully just like yeah if you keep shutting down my opponents then i will keep supporting you your plans mr shido like it's basically that sort of thing yeah, I think they talk a little bit about research in the cognitive science, but yeah, it, it's right. much deeper than that. I think also the only other thing that stood out to me from here was that Futaba, everyone sort of is like, this wasn't quite just a standard cognition that they fought. And, and right. Futaba, I think, hypothesizes that it's sort of like shadow plus cognition. Like there's a little bit of escalation happening here. Yeah, because usually the cognitions don't turn into other creatures, whereas this yeah. one did. Yeah. Um. Then we get our first of, like, basically, I think there's three of these sections, three of these main sections, where there's the rat puzzles, yeah. where just adorably, if you go into certain areas and certain rooms, you um, turn into a rat, and then you, as it, the game calls it, is you get rattled, yeah. and then you uh, have to solve some puzzles. There's some more, there's some smaller, like, paths you can go through when you're a rat but you can't open doors and then there are these buttons to turn them off and i give this game flack for its puzzles uh i do think that these sections generally have a little too much backtracking but largely i think these are also really fun little puzzle sections yeah no i agree with you i think that's the worst element of it is that like especially if you lose your way you can really be kind of stuck in one of these for a long long time sure Uh, and and the environment doesn't necessarily differentiate itself enough to help there i definitely would you say that you're you're stuck like a rat in a maze how do i shut this call off quickly (laughs) um no yeah it's you you definitely get that sensation which works but also isn't as fun all the time but uh, (laughs) i think you know having played through it it was definitely a lot easier to kind of get a sense of what was the priority and what wasn't um also if you're just looking at your mini map and, and kind of paying attention to what has and hasn't been filled in yeah. You can kind of piece it together. But yeah, no, I agree. I think like this does test you in a way that some of the others really haven't, uh, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's it's they're fun little sections. And also they're just like cute, right? Like it's just a fun idea. Um, oh, yeah. and, and to the game's credit, there is a decent amount of like they do a good job. Like one thing I really like is any section that will turn you into a rat or could turn you into a rat. The floor is a different color. It's like a red color, which is like. A very subtle, easy, nice, like, recognizable cue for just, like, 
it stops you from having to like guess right or just like totally. it, it makes the whole situation a little bit more digestible at a glance which is important um yeah, I, I, I dig these sections. The, I, I don't think we're going to go into, like, the specific puzzles or whatever of each section because they are kind of similar. They, they, excuse me, just sort of escalate in complexity a little bit. Yeah, it's mostly just figuring out when is the best time to turn on and off the lights that, or the statues that turn you into mice and how to best use that to progress or sometimes to have them turned on in a way you wouldn't think would help, but it helps you find a side treasure or something like yeah. that. It's pretty much the thing that keeps happening. Yeah, it's not always just, like, get the lights off so you can progress. I, I like that, right? It's yes. Sometimes it's like, you got to turn this light on so that you can go through this little vent so you can unlock a door so you can go back and turn the light off and then go this other way. And, like, exactly. that's neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's these areas with the rat stuff. Um, this is the first one of them. And basically, these areas are just used as, like, spackle, right? They're just, like, the filler between each of these sort of, like, VIP sections. Um, it yeah, it helps thread the needle so that you're not just going from like one main location on the ship to the next so that there's actually like a ship that you're going through. Yeah. And also will definitely help you out if you are underleveled because there are a lot of uh battles you can get into here. Yeah, this is a this is this also since this palace is longer, like there's a decent amount of enemy variety as you progress too. Like you're not yeah. just fighting the same shadows the entire way through. Um also to your point about getting lost, there's, like, literal dialogue options, or, like, dialogue between Futaba and people being, like, this may, or this, this ship is insane, like, how do guests not get lost walking around here? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's self-aware in that way, which can sometimes be annoying in a game where it's like, this part is bad, why did you do that, though? But, um, it, yeah, I, it never, it definitely, at least in this playthrough for me, it never felt, like, overbearingly no. complex but i i could see like someone spending their first time in here and, and getting lost quite a bit for a while sure anyway those are the rat sections the first one happens we get to the pool area yes um obviously you walk around this pool area you, you try to talk to the royal guy and he's like i'll only talk to fancy people or whatever uh and you come up with a ryuji comes up with the plan of Sneaking into the changing room, getting the girls in swimsuits in a very fan servicey move, and then having them talk to the guy to, like, lure him or whatever. Uh, yeah, um, all I wrote down was, all the girls get swimsuits, Ryuji is a horn dog. That's yes. pretty much how I summed up yeah. that scene in my notes. Which doesn't even work, because the guy's like, even you cute girls, like, I only talk to royal blood. Um, which leads to a very good scene of On pretending to be a royal... Uh, and Odd's acting Im skills have improved here. She yeah. does a good job. It works out. She's able to trick him. Uh, yeah, the greatest character arc in the game. Odd's <laughs> acting skills. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's nice to see it come full circle. I did appreciate that as like a story, a beat in this palace that we get that. Um, of course, it doesn't prevent this dude from still being creepy. In fact, it probably yes. only makes him creepier after yes. he finds out. But uh, yeah, it it's nice to see her acting get a little better from the days of 500 shirts. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, you get the letter of recommendation from him and then immediately he starts like trying to make moves on, on and on fights him off. And then you literally fight him off, mm -hmm. uh, and you do another boss fight. There's another phone call with Shido. I don't think that there's anything specific, like, there's nothing as much revelatory in this in this phone call and in this section where the guy basically is saying that, like, 
he introduces like wealthy noble people to Shido, right? To like help Shido make money is basically like the reveal here. Yeah, I took it as just sort of a like cementing the foundation of how uh how widely Shido's impact has been felt on society because he's not sure. only just appealing to the masses, but he is also appealing to the upper class that is probably working behind the scenes and the machinations of society. He is also influencing them and and working with them. And, and also I think you just get the sense here that Shido is sort of like testing all of these people that, and their loyalty of like whether or not they're going to stay true to him is kind of what I got from this one. Yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, so we get that phone call. Uh, we get another rat section after you leave the pool area. Um, and you finally make your way out onto the back deck of the boat. This is another thing I do like about this palace is that you like, because it's this contained thing, right? Like you, uh, Kaneshira's palace was this contained bank, but it didn't really feel like you were exploring that space. It just felt like you went into the bank and then you were somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Um, this feels like you're actually like exploring the ship to a certain extent, because after you make through your way through the pool, you get to the back deck of the ship. Um, you hear basically that security is tighter and there's now these, these shadows walking around that look like dudes in full, like tactical gear with like machine guns and stuff. Well, and um, by now we've, we've run into a guy a couple times, right? The cleaner. This is the first time you run into the cleaner. Okay. This is the first time. Yeah. Okay. Is after, there's not really like anything eventful on the back deck. You just continue on. Yeah. Uh, and then the cleaner stops you and is this very scary, big looking dude and makes you fight some guys, uh, Basically, he's there to... They realize, finally, that the cleaner means that he's there to clean up messes, not Mm -hmm. literally clean. It's like they've never watched a crime procedural. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, He has you fight some dudes, and then you continue on. Uh, And you go into the next area, which is um, this kind of casino slots area, which is also, like, very small, right? Like, this is, like in my mind, like, the least distinct of all of these sections, by far. Um, yeah, I, I think the the main areas where we found the last two, like, the restaurant's pretty small, but it's preceded by that other area. Right, right, right. Um, whereas the back deck, obviously, you know, gains a little importance later on, but, or is that the side deck? That might That's be the side deck. deck. Side deck, excuse me. But, yeah, essentially, this is very much like, we just go down a floor and find the guy is pretty much all you need to do here. Once we're in right. the, there's no sort of like big hook or a puzzle or anything here. It's just kind of go find the guy. Yeah. Uh, so you go find the guy, uh, and here you, you basically it's a TV president. You realize that he's been manipulating the mass media as you would have thought. Right. Um, and then after you beat him and you get the letter of recommendation, the big reveal here is that Kanashiro and Matarame were both making money yeah. for Shido. So Kaneshiro's gathering of money and Matarame's art, like, forgery business were both making money for Shido. So that's, like, again, now the only one that hasn't been connected to Shido besides Futaba was, like, Kamoshida, basically, which was just yeah. the inciting incident of the whole thing. And even then, the principal was tied to Shido, right? So, yeah. like, everything you've everything. done has been tied to this guy in some way, basically. And yeah, you had no I d- idea. I do love the way it does all this, and it doesn't feel 
like ham fisted in there necessarily like this was an afterthought the idea that everything comes back to shido because obviously you know throughout the whole story you've run into him several times he's obviously the inciting incident for joker being where he is like he has been at fault since the beginning and so i think just doubling down in the idea that like oh he has been at every level of this whether or not we knew it i think works really well here um the other thing i did want to also just say was like the the one before this in terms of being a great scene for again i think this this boat cruise all is like man the women of the group all have their stuff together in comparison oh, yeah because the first one was makoto the second one was on and then here's haru and haru is just like i'm just gonna go up and be me because yeah. that'll carry enough weight with someone like this with my father's name and I can use that to our advantage here. And it totally does. And it works. And it's such a great self-assured moment from someone who, you know, just in the past month or so has been going through quite a traumatic experience. And it's yeah. really cool to see her on that growth. Yeah. Cause that guy's looking for like sponsorship opportunities, like commercial buyouts, basically. Yeah, and Okumura foods does that. Um, yeah. So you get that. Then the cutscene here is not Shido on the phone with the TV president, but it's a catchy on that variety show talking about things, talking about how it was all a ploy, right? That he knew he was luring the Phantom Thieves in again. Um, and then has this very like dark inner monologue moment. I don't remember yeah. exactly what he's talking about here if you have those notes, but like... Um, I basically just sort of have that, like the summation of it, that he was very much focused on sort of like how he's attained this incredible power of his and and sort of the, like the, I I think the expectations voiced on him as like being a model student, being this person in the spotlight, but like he has been striving for this power is kind of the. Talking about his motivations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then also, and this is not a spoiler because we're going to find out about it in just a few minutes. He also has this moment where he's like huh how did like something was weird about when i went and killed joker basically and then there's a phone rings in the audience and he's like wait a phone and then like has nothing so it's basically like hinting at the fact that he's like piecing together what happened yeah Um, though i do enjoy the idea that between then and now he has not heard a phone go off once or nothing related to a phone triggered this idea in his memory i mean how often do phones come up it's literally with us 24 <laughs> seven. Uh, okay. no, but yeah, it, yeah, we have that moment. And then it's basically, I think he talks about being, uh, asked if he was let down that the leader died. Right. Um, and I wrote down that it's, he says it made him dizzy a little. Right. That's the dizzy thing that triggered the love. idea. Well, but also he's realizing love. like, wait, why was I dizzy? Yes. Yeah. But yes, dizzy with love. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, also cause he was in, in the cognitive world. Yes. Yeah. So he's piecing that together. <laughs> Uh, we get the third and final kind of major rat puzzle section. Uh, and then we get to the side of the boat. Uh, we get another encounter with the cleaner. And then we climb up the scaffolding of on the side of the boat. Go hop across some little path, uh, like like walls in yeah. different rooms. Oh, I guess there's like an in-between section here where you have to like figure out how to get to the IT president because he never leaves his room. So you like have to go back, you backtrack back to the restaurant and then you're basically just like, hey, where's, we're going to deliver food to this guy. And they're like, oh, okay, his room is this. And you're like, great. And then you go back. It's like very just like backtracky. Yeah, I feel like they could have probably given you just a conversation on the side of the boat of, like, people talking, like a waiter sure. or something. But, yeah, you have to go back. Uh, which, admittedly, I got lost at that section because I 
even though I've been through it, I forgot. I was like, how do I get upstairs again? Right. And I kept, tr- I kept trying to go to the, there's that little bit of ship, like right next to essentially where you can jump up. That looks like an area you can jump onto, but you can't. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know what I'm talking Like right next to the vent and then across from it, there's, you know, uh, an area stopping you. And I'm like, why can't I jump up? Why isn't the game letting me do this? And then I just turned a little bit more. It's like finding the seat in uh, the cafe where you can study. It was like, yeah. oh, I just needed to move a little bit more over. And yeah, there are moments like that for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So you get to the IT president's room. And like you were saying, this is now Futaba's time to shine, right? Um, so Futaba goes in and like basically woos him with her nerdy skills. Um, apparently she built her own laptop, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, and, and yeah, kind of goes into how like Medjet, like the, the whole Medjet of it all and, and all these things. And there's that back and forth there. Um, right. and then I don't know. I, I think before the fight, he reveals essentially that Medjet going down actually helped their plans. Cause it wasn't like a thing they had exactly planned to happen, but it just worked to their favor. Well, no, they, so they said specifically or, that they were going to shut down the site. Oh, right, Like, it right, was yeah. going to be, like, basically the point being of, like, kind of filling this little bit of a plot hole of, like, well, what was, what was their plan with Medjet just to, like, beat the Phantom Thieves? And the yeah. idea was actually that they were going to shut down the Medjet site on their own. Right. And, like, that was the whole, they were going to give the Phantom Thieves this win anyway. But, but them going for it. Them going for it, it made it easier and better for them. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was, re- that's the reveal there. Uh, and you fight that guy too. What a surprise. Uh, and then you get well, this. Hmm? I do. I just, I love about this fight. What's really funny is like Futaba has gone into the room and, and is having this whole conversation and then she calls for help. And then all of you just appear in this man's room and it's like, well, I guess we're fighting anyway. And it's just like yeah. a very funny moment of like all of us just standing there ready to fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we fight. So you fight. Uh, and the cutscene after that is Akechi in a train station on the phone with Shido. And this is sort of the most revealing of these, right? Is Shido is basically asking him to tie up loose ends and like kill a bunch of people that know too much before the election. Yeah. And Akechi is like, why? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Why would you want me to do it now? Why wouldn't I just wait until the election? And Shido's like really obstinate about it and is like, don't question me. You know what happens to people who cross me, blah, 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 blah. Um, and like gets very angry about it. And Akechi essentially starts to suspect something is up with Shido. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of where that's left. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, we're getting little moments of like insight into Akechi's mind here. Yes. Yeah. And, and sort of the, the walls crumbling around him in terms of like, has the path he's been on, which obviously ended up not being in our favor, but has that path actually worked out for him. Right. Um, and the only other thing I want to mention was that the, after the fight, the it president does reveal that he deleted all of the original, like cognitive science data and right. put it somewhere on on a server, basically, that no one from the public could access. Um, but he's not really, like, clued into the shutdowns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, there's, there's a, I think, something that kind of happens throughout this whole thing that m- we might not talk about specifically is, like, Shido discussing cognitive science research because he clearly knows this stuff and, like, how to harness it, right? Yeah. I think he might have talked about with the politicians this idea of, like, or the politician this idea of, like, 
increasing the range of whose heart you can affect and like yes. basically potentially using it against like foreign governments to like raise Japan's status, right? That's kind of his master plan in all of this is not just like shut down one person's heart here and there, but like ra- elevate Japan by holding people's meta worlds hostage. World in domination. A way. Yeah. Yeah. World domination. Yeah. Um, so you fight the IT president and then you go back down the side of the boat and you go into a very smelly vent to the engine room uh, where you find the cleaner once again, who once again gives you a bunch of goons to fight. Um, it's funny because this is literally the same enemy. The first time you fight him, there's two of them. And the second time you fight him, there's three of them. And then the third time you fight him, there's four of them. Yeah, he's not really like a clever cleaner. He just throws more at you and hopes yeah, it works. But, but he's very scary. Yes. That's the key. He's a spooky dude. Um, so you go back down, you go into the engine room, you jump down and you find him, and he you realize finally that he's like Yakuza, right? Yes. He's yeah. he is actually Yakuza. And so that's a reveal in itself because Shido has connections to the criminal underworld and the Yakuza. So he's really not even like it's not even just that he's like only politically manipulative. He is like actually working with criminals too. Yeah. Um there's this very good bit about the way they try to get his letter of recommendation is have Yusuke draw him a tattoo. <laughs> and he's like, I want a phoenix. <laughs> and so Yusuke draws a phoenix. And then the guy tries to recruit him. And I just love that it's like Yusuke is is like, I need to find out my art, you know, path on my own. That I can't do this and be in your service forever. What will my purpose be then? <laughs> and that's why we fight is because of Yusuke's like commitment to his art. Yeah. And also it's like, Yusuke, he's a shadow, like, he's a, a cognitive being, and so, like... Just tell of him, Of course yeah. you're not gonna, like... <laughs> that's your reasoning? I know. that That's always the funny part, is... It, which I don't, like... I think it tracks, especially for the idea that, you know, they're teenagers, is, like, they... At, at a certain point, being in this world, you lose the sense of what's real and what isn't, and so that stuff does feel as serious as it would be in the real world. But, yeah, it's very funny that it's, like, this is just... You're just talking to someone's mental projection right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that. We fight him, uh, and then the game ends. You fight him, and the game ends. So, uh, yeah, you fight him, you get the last letter of introduction, or whatever it is. Um, and this is the part where, when I first played this game, I was like, when was the last time I saved? Because yeah. it does not give you a save room between this and the next moment, which is that you go back out into the engine room, and boom, Akechi is there. Uh, what Akechi's time? surprises you just in time to get level nine confidant yep. rank. <laughs> He's like, I underestimated you all. Rank nine. Yay. Yeah. Well, you understand each other better now. You do. Even though we were dating, but yeah, it's fine. Um, so yeah. Akechi is very impressed that you've been able to trick him, right? Uh, and then some crazy wild stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is a big scene. Ha- ha- so, okay, let's, let's start at the top here. One of the major reveals is that we learn the motivations of Akechi as a whole, which mm-hmm. is not just to help Shido, but Shido is actually his absentee father who abandoned him and his mother, yep. who he told you about earlier as being like a deadbeat dad. It's actually Shido. And his whole life, as he puts it, is a political scandal that no one knows he exists and Shido doesn't know he's his son. Uh, and this sort of like... Like diabolical sadistic plot that he's come up with is literally to get Shido 
all of his dreams achieved, help him do that, so that when he reaches the top, he can whisper in his ear, ear, it was me. Yeah. And then, like, kick him down the stairs and ruin his life. Yep, that's basically... I love that that is the the reveal here. Like, I think that reveal of him being his father is really great. But yeah, the idea that he's like, I've been doing all of this. I've been killing people, essentially. I've been doing all these terrible things. I've been manipulating all of you just so I can tell my dad I beat you. Like, yeah, um, pretty much. It's very funny because, you know, there was a little bit... Obviously, this game is now a few years old, especially from the first release. But... Uh, for a little while, we all talked about dad games, like being such a big trend. <laughs> and it's kind of the case here. We just don't talk about it because it would be a massive spoiler. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's a this is a, a dad problems game. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's wild. It yeah. is. It genuinely is. I really and- enjoyed this just because I, I also genuinely forgot about it from playthrough to playthrough. So like it coming up again was a little bit like getting to experience it for the first time. And I do think it it tracks in this scene because of how just quickly like him revealing this is so very clearly a big step for him to take on this path. And it only so quickly leads to his, his sort of un unraveling here. Sure. Yeah. It is. It's wild in both senses, right? Like it is wild and before it. And like you said, him admitting this is also like kind of already he's gone right like he he is too far gone at the point that he's telling you this stuff and the unravel as you said like begins right um we also learn about his power here which is that he can turn hearts psychotic which is like he has the power to like in that you have the power to change a heart he has the power to make them go insane and that's how he's been causing psychotic breakdowns and all that stuff throughout the game Um, we also learn the, the group learns about him being like causing people to go crazy and then solving their cases. We already knew that because he already talked about it in a different cutscene. but this is the group learning that. Um, and basically they have this moment with him where they're like, like, we're, we want the same thing. Like, why are you fighting us? Yeah. Uh, And he's like, I don't need friends. (laughs) Yeah. And he makes some shadows go psychotic, uh, and you have to fight these, like, powered-up versions of a couple shadows that are not, like, overly scary. Um, and then he jumps in to fight you uh, in kind of his white suit version. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, well, I guess let's, let's, like, break down the fight, and then we'll go back and talk about it. Sure. Because then the second half of this fight is, right, he... You beat him... They're like, join us. We want to be your friend. Be nice to us. And then he says, he loses it at this point. And oh, this yeah. is my favorite version of Akechi is when he just goes absolutely buck wild mad and is like, I don't need friends. I don't need anything. Ah, and like freaks out and then reveals that he actually has a second persona, mm-hmm. which is Loki. Yeah. He's, um, he's asleep in the other room. Good, uh, good, good. Yeah. Uh, That's just how Loki should be. Exactly. Uh, So he has the second persona. You see the black mask suit that you've seen him in cutscenes, other places where he's like killed Okumura and that sort of stuff with this on. Um, And then you have a second fight with him, which is his black mask evil fight. And he's essentially... Tell me me what you think about this fight. 
I'm yes. gonna, I'll be right back, but you go. All right. I'm going to tell you, Tom, who can't hear me right now about how what I feel about this fight. I did want to also say, just for those listening at home, uh, what I do really appreciate about this moment is uh, the idea that, like, they're realizing he's behind all of this with this this revelation that he was the black mask wearer. And then we see him have this transformation. Uh, I just want to give, like, a huge shout out to Robbie Damon, the, the voice actor, for playing this so, so well and for... Like, throughout the game, Akechi, I do think, especially in Royal, where you get this confidant line with him and get to experience these, like, friendship moments with him, you get a lot of the humanity and the sweetness here, and you could argue a lot of that was just a front he was putting on, but I do think there's genuine humanity there in Tom somewhere, and I wish I could find it. Oh, hey, Tom, what's up? Um, so anyway, this is your Akechi moment. Uh, no, I was just... <laughs> While you were gone, I was just give it, uh, tipping my hat to to Robbie, the voice actor, just for like yeah. playing this breakdown so well. Um, yeah, it, I mean, Akechi is a great character. I think that's a good thing to call out because Akechi is a great character, and his writing is really good, and the animation is really good. But like the way his voice twists, yeah, sells this so much. Like right? he is it. it you see it like you were saying in the animation, but hearing his portrayal of him once he's turned into the black suit version, like he just wants to kill you. Like he has, he has essentially caused the psychotic break in himself at this point and is right. just fully gone. It It is, it is almost the transformation of a palace boss between when they're, their version and then when they're a gross big battle monster that you fight yeah but without like voice modulation it just seems like it's him doing this himself almost and it's really well done so the other thing that i love about this way back when we first meet akechi and i i think i talked about this in like a spoiler section at the end of the episode we talked about this um this is one of my favorite things royal does in the entire game is way, way back, and through his whole confidant line, you get this idea of a catchy holding back. Yeah. And you get this idea of he's hiding something from you, and you can tell. He's playing pool against you. The very first time you play pool against him, you're like, wait, you're using your wrong hand, right? And he's like, one day maybe I'll go against you with my full power. And all of that is a tease for this moment. Yeah, for the double Because the entire time, he's been playing with his left hand, right? Like, he's been playing with the wrong hand, he's been hiding his full power from you, and now he finally lets loose. And, like, that through line that is entirely Royal exclusive that they added with the pool and all that and his confidant line is, like... So cool. That is such a good tie. It just feels so essential to the character. Like, now having gone through that, I can't imagine not having all of those elements be part of him. Like, obviously, we talked about this before. You should have hopefully finished Akechi's confidant line. Right. Um, Because otherwise, you don't get to nine. Yeah. Um, And that's what matters most in this game. But you... (laughs) Like, you do miss, I think, some of the best character work in the whole game. Especially, you know, just seeing between not just the Royal editions, but all of Persona 5 in general. And yet to have all of that, and especially, I guess, slight spoilers if you haven't played it, but like toward the end of his, his confidant line, where he essentially is like, okay, we should stop this battle because we might go past the point of no return. It's like, this is that point. He has gone there. Yeah. And it yes. is, as we find out, the point of no return. Yeah. Which boggles my mind how this impacts Royal, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, wild and I love it. Yeah. 
wild so, and I love it. This fight is also just fun. It's just a, a hard, cool fight against Akechi. Oh, yeah. Um, we get then, after his, after he's beaten and just, like, totally beaten, the team does something really nice, which is that they empathize with him. And even people like Futaba and Haru, who, like, have literally had their parents murdered by him, yeah. can be like, Haru, I think, has a really good line. She's like, I can't forgive you for this, but, like, I can understand what you're going through, right? Because Haru is an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the team basically is just, like, extending a hand to him or leaving and he's like you should kill me what are you doing and they're like no like you can come join us if you want like we're gonna go stop your dad (laughs) yep we're gonna Um, go do the thing you wanted to do we're just gonna go about it in a good way yeah so a different thing happens then which is that akechi's shadow version or shida's shadow version of akechi shows up and is basically like a mindless lapdog who just like is going to kill Akechi because he's useless to him now. And the shadow version reveals, because this scene keeps going, um, that Shido was going to kill Akechi after the election anyway. He was going to get rid of him because now that they have cognitive science research far enough, they don't need him anymore, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And Akechi kind of realizes, not like his mistakes, but like realizes kind of how off how off base he was with all of this stuff and that like he could have just like gone with you because he does very clearly still like care for you in some way yeah um and he just was like blinded by this hatred of his his terrible father um and so in his last moment of heroicism he shoots a button a giant flood wall comes up and he cuts you off from the shadows that are attacking him so that you may escape and uh, he sacrifices himself, and through the door, you have a moment where um, you say you're gonna like stick to your promise or whatever, and you get up to rank ten with him, and it's very emotional. And then there are um, two gunshots that go off, and so he is dead. Yes, exactly. So how? how what? It, uh, but like, it, uh, uh, yeah, our, our, we'll save it for later. Well, he's. I mean, you, clearly you can't survive one gunshot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, well, you know, from my original playing through P5, he was dead here. Yeah. Like, Akechi dies. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, Akechi is dead. But, like, yeah. he's got to be in, in the royal content, right? You can't have done, see. done all of this to me and just still kill him. His signal, the signals are gone. That's what Futaba says, is yeah. the signals are gone. Yeah, um we'll see. <laughs> we'll see and Akechi sacrifices himself and it's really sad it's like super genuinely sad it's like a very painful moment where even the group is like unhappy about it right oh yeah like um, they're not pleased by this I just wanted Loki I, came in so I just wanted to bring Loki for the viewers at home Oh yeah it's just a really like tragic scene and like I really appreciate the Phantom Thieves like being there for him and wanting to support him even in his darkest moment right and it makes it seem like everything wasn't like a like a waste. It wasn't a lie to spend all that time with him. It was just like he's a really troubled dude, you know. Oh yeah. And you were like trying to save him all the way to the end. Well, uh, yeah. It, I think that speaks to like the character of the Phantom Thieves is even in this moment where he's like, "I'm going to kill you." They're just like, "Nah, yeah. dude, you can just come with us, and and we can just go stop your dad in a good way." Yeah. Anyway, uh, Akechi Akechi sacrifices himself for you. 
you get all the things, you leave, you go unlock the thing, you go into the the treasure room, and you go, oh yeah, there's the treasure, cool. Yep. Uh, and you bail. Yeah. It's very um, funny how like quickly it goes from like this massive moment with this character, and then you just, oh yeah, we found the treasure, let's go. Yeah, well, I mean, like, and also this is weird, too, because it's, like, a three-phase boss fight at the end of a palace, which you never usually do, right? Yeah. Like, this is very out of character for this game, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense, because there's no boss battle when you go back, right? Yeah, it's exactly. It's really quick. Um, so let's skip ahead a little bit. In yes. the evening, you mentioned this cutscene last week, I think. Yes. Uh, when you go to sleep that night, you just have a moment where you're, like, in bed sad about a catchy. <laughs> Like, it's just you being sad that he's dead and wishing that he wasn't dead. Yep. And, like, damn. It's real <laughs> like, sad. It's, it's just really, really sad. And it also just proves that, like, even if you as a player don't, like, Joker as a character really did care for him, right? Yes, yeah. There, there was um, a deep friendship there, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we get to whenever you send the calling card, right? Uh, you get to decide when you want to do that. A couple things happen here. Um, Futaba prepares what she calls the Futaba cannon. Yes. Um, and when you send the calling card, what happens is this awesome cutscene. It's so good. Where you re-reveal that Joker is alive um, and that the Phantom Thieves are kicking by, like, putting it on every TV and every Jumbotron and across Japan. Um, and everyone's freaking out, trying to get it to come down or whatever and the music's ripping during all this it's like oh yeah you, you're all it, you're just watching music's great people watching a screen but the music is like the hardest it's gone since a boss battle like it is yeah full on and i love it i yeah so much of this ending again we're not at the end of the game but it's it oh, it works so much as an ending like everything about it feels at that level and it really yes. accomplishes that super well well and i think it is good that it does that so that you know, when it's like, oh, the game's still going, it's like, it feels like something's wrong, yep. right? And we'll get into that more next week. But, like, when the game keeps going, it's like, wait, didn't we just do all that? Yeah, like, we just we just beat them. And that's exactly what the fan- Phantom Thieves are feeling then, too. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, you have this one moment where Sai is like, what happened to the body? Everyone's trying to find out where it happened to your body, right? And Sai has to, like, fake that, like, maybe the Phantom Thieves, like, got to her. So she's trying to, like deflect that maybe that she doesn't know anything is this the um, scene where she like faints in front of the detectives and yeah and yeah it's like oh dear me things are yeah. happening and and they, they're freaking out oh no was she having a change of heart what happened yeah yeah it's, it's very uh, good the police go hunting for you and also arrest sojiro yes uh, so they they take sojiro in shido goes on tv and denies everything right but meanwhile like people are like running to the diet building to like protest or like yell in front of the diet building. Uh, and you kind of get this nice moment where it goes around to every person you've maxed out, I believe. And they like kind of say a few words like in support of you, mm-hmm. um, which is cute. Yeah. Uh, it, and then, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the, the game at these moments, I think does a very good job of bringing in the, the scope of what you've been doing. Even if it is stuff as simple as just hanging out with people, like yeah. all of that matters in the grand scheme of things. And I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so you go into the palace the same night that you, you do this big thing. Um, and you go in there and you see Shido kind of at the podium or whatever. Uh, and you have some conversation with him. The, the highlights of this conversation are basically you're like, how could you kill Akechi? He was your son. 
and he's like, oh, I figured it was something dumb like that. Whatever, I don't need him. And he's, like, very callous about it. Oh, yeah, it does not matter at all to him. And then also, you know, this is obviously the breaking point for him, but he's also kind of trying to be getting them to work for him. <laughs> right, yeah, because yeah, that's what he does. Matter. He manipulates people into to being his. Yeah, and he's trying to do that to the bitter end, which I think works really well. Um, but, yeah, then we, we get into this... Uh, as we said, very quick fight. Yeah. So Super this quick. is, in classic JRPG fashion, six phases. So much. Um, it's not actually, like, the longest fight in the world, but it is, like, a drawn-out fight, I yes. guess I will say. Um, so six phases, the first of which is he turns into his shadow form, which is this, like, admiral, basically. Like, yeah. he's got, like, his spiky sort of, like, admiral captain outfit. Um, and he gets on top of just one of my favorite creature designs in the entire game, which is a giant gold lion made of human bodies. <laughs> it's really good. Which, it's very dark. It, he's literally using, like, the masses as his vehicle, right? Like, that is kind of how he sees it. Um, you fight the gold lion. Yes. And then the gold lion evolves and turns into a gold lion with wings, and now it's flying. Um... And then you fight the gold lion with wings, and it, of course, turns into a gold lion with wings and a tail. No, you're wrong. It's a giant pyramid. Of course. That's the natural progression of life. A giant pyramid with cannons. Um, so, yeah, you get this giant gold pyramid phase, which is a wild phase, too. Can do some really big almighty attacks. Yeah, I think um, it's worth saying, like, obviously, throughout all this, this is, it's not an easy battle. Like, it is no. very easy to kind of die midway through. I think, I can't remember which phase is which, but one of the lion phases is immune to physical and, or, like, immune to physical and not immune to magic, and then the other one is the flip of it, right? Yeah. I forget um, which, but yeah, you're correct there. And it, I I think this is a battle, obviously, um, maybe on easy and, like, the story mode sort of thing, it could be a little bit easier, but you really do need to balance uh, offensive, defensive, and like stat boosting here, or you're yeah. Unless you're wildly over leveled, you're probably gonna get, you know, the crap knocked out of you a bit. Yeah, because it's uh, yeah, because he also uses debuffs and buffs for himself, right? Yeah. And so like there, yeah, I did a lot of like using debilitate, using heat riser, upping our own defense, reducing his defense. Um, I had to like use uh, like a soma for the first time, which is the. <laughs> the SP all because I was like out of SP oh, on a bunch yeah. of people because it is a long you're right I'm changing my mind you're right it is a long fight it's um, six phases yeah it's nuts yeah uh, and then you beat him you beat the pyramid the pyramid dies and he then is like no I will still fight you and I think this is when the reveal happens that you tell him that Joker is the guy the kid from way back when I think yeah, happens at this point I, I think so um, and then he's like, oh, I can't believe you meddlesome kid is like have taken up all standing in my way now. Brr. And then he rips off his Admiral outfit and he's jacked as hell. Buff Shido. Yeah. Yeah. Buff Shido. And he's got all these chains going over, or, uh, springs all over him. Uh, and then you fight one-on-one -on -one with Shido. Well, it goes and through then, like, doesn't it go through, you fight that Buff I meant, Shido. I meant just Shido, not his, not okay. his gold. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and then you fight so, more buff Shido. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, oh, I won't lose, and he buffs off the strings, and he goes Super Saiyan Shido. Yep. And you fight Super Saiyan Shido. Oh, it's so a Dragon Ball fight, yeah. 
Yeah, it really is. Um, and then he slams the ground and your allies go blasted away and you have to fight him one-on-one as Joker for the last leg of it, which is really cool. It's really cool. It's also very hard. Like if you, like yeah. you are saying, if you're low on SP and you don't have some support, whether it's through items or moves, like whichever way you want to go about it. Like if you, I would be very hard pressed to know how to get through this fight without stat buffs and debuffs helping out a little bit here. Yeah, and it's also tricky because he can, like, sometimes undo your buffs, and then yep. you're like, it feels like a waste of a turn. This this fight is a lot of math for me. Oh, yeah. Where, where you're like, okay, if I use this move, he'll hit me with this move, I'll go to two-thirds health, which is fine, but if he hits me with the almighty move, I'll probably go lower than that, yep. which means that I should probably heal this turn, or I can actually take one more hit, because if you're just healing every turn, you're not going to win. No. Like, you won't lose, but you also aren't going to win. So it's all about, like, when can I take a hit, and when can I not afford to take a hit? And, yep. okay, he just used his almighty move, so probably he's not going to use it next time, so this is the turn to attack, because I can take that much of my damage down. Yeah. It's like a lot of strategy in a really cool way. No, totally. It, it's figuring out that cadence. Uh, both with those attacks are totally right. Like, I was, I was very much the hedging the bets of, okay, is now the time to attack or is now the time to heal based on what's going to happen next. But I think it, it's also the twofold for the stat buffing and debuffing. Cause it's like, you can, yeah. if, if you don't immediately debuff him, it's kind of a waste. Cause then he'll just buff the next time around. So yeah, it's, it's figuring out the right moment for that stuff. It, it's a very cool fight for seeming, I think so simple. Yeah, definitely. Uh, also, I think that's basically the entire fight, but let's talk yeah. about literally the best part about the fight which is Rivers in the Desert. It's so good. We, we finally get the boss, the final boss music, Rivers in the Desert, which is the whole gold phase. It doesn't have the lyrics. And yeah. you're like, yeah. And then it ramps up and it's got the lyrics in the second half. And it's like, man, that song, that song is like top 10 boss fight music ever. So oh, it's, like, oh, it's so good, good in a soundtrack that is so full of amazing tracks like for that and the way it's implemented like you said between parts one and part two essentially uh and and the way it it escalates there it's it's coupled in there so well um i yeah this is uh, looking back on it it's it's a really tough boss fight i think at times but it's also a really rewarding one uh yeah in all respects of it but yeah yeah it's a good fight it is a good good fight oh yeah do you remember who you used for it i think i was morgana yusuke and makoto I had Makoto, Haru, and uh, Ryuji. Because okay. Makoto actually had a heal everybody ability for me. So right. I didn't need Morgana at that point. And he was a little weaker for me. So I, I focused on my like strongest people, basically. Sure. That um, makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the Shido fight. Then you beat him down and he says i'm sorry he cries like he should because he has been a bad fan uh this is another break moment we're gonna keep going i know this episode's going long but it's the it's the final boss we gotta keep going yeah um this is another kind of break from what usually happens in the palace that i love this twist is real world shido feels his heart changing but since he knows about the metaverse and he knows wakaba's research the, he talks to the scientist guy who says, according to Wakaba's research, the only way to stop a changing cognition is if there isn't a palace to change. So 
if you die temporarily in the real world, your palace will go away. So he takes some sort of liquid that temporarily kills him in the real world, which is so wild and cool. Well, and they especially, uh, the scientist uh, tells him, you know, this isn't foolproof. We don't know that we'll be able to fully bring you back. Like, it is a yeah. risk for him to do this in the first place. Yeah, uh, but he'd rather that than his heart change. Exactly. Uh, and so you get to, back in the palace, um, this escape cutscene, which, like, I don't know. Let's talk about this real quick. You get this amazing moment for Ryuji, right? It's so good. Like, I think so much of this, uh, again, the escalation and the bringing things back. Like, every we were talking, you know, in the getting the the letters of recommendation or whatever, uh, all of the women getting a moment to shine. I guess Yusuke, you could argue, doesn't really get a huge moment here other than the art, I, I guess, is his moment. But, yeah, getting... All of them are escaping. The, everything's kind of flooded. And then we get an anime cutscene and they realize there's a lifeboat and Ryuji has to run, you know, using the power of running is, is essentially what happens here. And I, I love that, that it comes down to their real world, like, abilities here. Well, Mixed in with the metaverse's physics and everything. But, it's also such a good arc for him because yeah. he, the whole reason he's a pariah is because he pissed off Kamoshida and Kamoshida injured his leg to the point where he couldn't run. And there's moments in like the first palace where he trips and falls while he's running to escape from a yeah. palace because his leg is hurt. And then here he has to run. And in the cutscene where it announces Joker's suicide in prison, he's like buying new running shoes. Yeah. Right? And, and, and then the woman's this, like, oh, we haven't seen you in so long, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then in, the, in this moment, right before he starts running, he kind of, like, hits his knee. Because it's like, that's the leg that's injured, and he's like, alright, like, don't fail me now, kind of, like, hitting his knee. Yep. And then he does it, and he saves the day, and it's so epic. It's really good. Like, I got chills while it was happening, and I'm also getting chills now just thinking about it. It's a it really, really good scene. It ties into this character, like... This is an incredible thing that a JRPG like this can do, is, like, a 120-hour character arc that pays off this nicely, yep. right? Is, yep. like, amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really well done. I love this scene so much. And then, of course, it is, you know, he, he jumps the the watery gap. I guess he could have just swam across it. But he, he does a cool jump over and then essentially runs up the wall to be able to get to the the lever that causes the lifeboat to get to them. Yeah. Uh, and they they come over to come come grab him. But and he explodes. Yep. And he explodes, and they all think he's dead, and they go back to the real world, the cutscene ends, they all think he's dead. I don't know about you, the first time I played this, that is such a good poetic arc for that character that I genuinely thought he might be dead. Oh, I did too. Like, I, without a doubt, thought, oh yeah, wow. Man, I'm sad. Like, I... I want hunt like I believe a lot of the times games will or games or movies too will do fake outs like that where like you think someone's dead and then they're not and you're like they're not dead. This one I was really like, oh my god, did yeah. they just actually kill Ryuji? Well, and it because to be fair, like the whole group is intact. Otherwise, it's yeah. it's a big enough group that you could argue one of them might have to go because it's just such a big team. Yeah even though they're teens and it would be very sad in that case. But yeah. It, and this is the end of the game, technically. Yeah. And it, it um, feels like it would work. And everyone's crying. Everyone's out in the real world, sobbing, bawling their eyes out. And then yeah. we hear a mysterious voice. Yeah. And Ryuji shows up and doesn't know what's going on or why everyone's so mad. 
He's like, I just got they... kicked out by the explosion. It just like pushed me out. <laughs> and then they beat the crap out of him. As a good friend does. Oh, poor Ryuji. He can't catch a break. No, but it's it's so great. I, I love this scene so much. He has to, like, fake that he was worried about his life. He's like, hey, I almost kind of died, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Some sympathy for me, Jesus. But yeah, it's yeah. A, I love that moment. It's so Incredible cutscene. Incredible way to end that palace. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely. But things aren't um, over. No, they're we, not over. We go back to Shido HQ. Yeah, we get back to Shido HQ. Shido wakes up and is alive and immediately starts crying and his heart is changed. Yep. Um, God, and we have so much more to talk about. We do. I, I do just want to point out at this scene, I love that he starts to cry and all the other grown men in the room are like, we're in trouble. People are going <laughs> to find out that we were bad people. Oh yeah. my, they're not worried about this man who almost died. They're not like concerned about, you know, maybe him coming to this realization, this come to Jesus moment. They're like, oh no, we're going to be busted. Yeah. They are the selfish, terrible men that Cheeto deserved. And yeah. they act that way. And I love that. I think it works but so well. It's also the first glimpse we get of something that's going to happen after the deadline, which is that like this operation is bigger than just Shido, even if he was the master, terrible mastermind behind it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they try to figure out what they're going to do. And then we cut back to LeBlanc, which is Futaba and Joker coming back to LeBlanc and it's trashed. And they're worried about Sojiro. And then Sojiro comes in and Futaba has maybe one of my favorite lines of the entire day, which is she looks at Sojiro and just goes, you're as bad as Ryuji yeah. <laughs> or something like that. The two of them have been through two faked deaths at this point in like very yeah. short succession. That is a lot yeah. to deal with. Yeah. But yeah, um, that, that pretty much happened. I think that's the end of all of that, though. Like that's that basically the end of all of that. So yeah. she, or Sojiro says that he was taken by Shido's men, but then let go randomly, which is you're doing. Yeah. Um, and then you have a free evening if you get a massage from Kawakami. Um, which I forgot to yeah. do. So I, I played Featherman Seeker that night. That was one of those nights. Um, okay. And then we do have that meeting with uh, Igor just very quickly in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, you get a you get a very fast meeting in the Velvet Room where Igor is basically just like, "What a good job!" Yeah, he's like, "You've been very entertaining, thank you." And it's like, "Jeez, yeah, okay." Um, uh, and then you also get another Morgana dreaming about the truth in the metaverse and kind of coming more to terms with like maybe this is actually a memory and not just a dream. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's the end of the calling card day. But wildly, we still have two days in this freaking week. Yep. Do we only have two? Um, I thought we had more. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, two more two days. days. Yeah. So December 18th, we're going to get into it. This episode's running long, but it is a big, big episode. It's, so yeah. we, it's worth it. Don't worry. Um, next week's will be very short. <laughs> yeah. Next week's going to be tiny. Uh, December 18th is the deadline day. Uh but one of the things we should talk about is in between sending the calling card and beating Shido and all this is you have it Mishima I think at one point texts you and is basically like no one's reacting like yeah. the news about the Phantom Thieves doing this like went away really quickly your message didn't even get played on TV Shido has not been arrested right yeah um it's like it's a weirdly like people still the whole time after you've done the calling card, you see people on the train still being like, well, Cheeto's the only one who could lead us anyway. Like no one is really reacting. Right. Um, and like, it's kind of odd. Then you get, Oh, Jonathan might've frozen. 
I'm going to pause while John... Oh, there he is. Is yeah, he back? I'm back. Okay. Um, so, yeah. You, you get to the deadline day. Cheeto wins by a landslide mm-hmm. because he didn't come out with his heart change of heart before the election or whatever. And then during his election campaign speech says, thank you so much for voting for me, but also I'm a murderer and I killed Okumura and I did all these terrible things. And my favorite part about this cut scene or this converse, this scene where he's admitting this is the two dudes next to him I was going to say the, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just like looking so panicked and animated. What I think is funny is that you can read them twofold because depending on whether or not you think these are people who know that he had a change of heart and that this could be a potential outcome, you can either read it as genuine panic or that just kind of obviously you know they're doing the same animations over and over so you could read it as like really bad acting of just like oh my god oh who could have thought this would happen because like Uh they should have known if they let him do this this would happen like to a certain extent i think the people working with him probably expected this yeah uh okay so that happens uh the gang has a party so you go to leblon and you all meet up and you have little platters of food and Sojiro's hanging out there with you trying to give a speech and uh cheers he he can't yeah <laughs> she interrupts him uh yeah. um Sai's also there and kind of talks about how like if we now that we know where Wakaba's research is hidden essentially like we could use it and help possibly help save Japan like things seem to be up on up and up yeah um, Sai also says that she's trying to like build a case against Shido and that they will be able, she's like pledges to build a case against Shido, uh, but that, she, a kind of important thing she says is that eventually her and Joker will need to be scapegoated because she did aid him breaking out of police custody, and yes. that is still a thing that happened. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Um, so eventually they're gonna need to face the consequences of that is the point of what she's saying there. Yeah. Um, but largely everyone celebrates that they did it. And most importantly... Joker gets to go back to school. Yeah. Finally, Joker can go to school. That's what the big reward is for saving the world. You got to go back to school. Uh, That evening is the text from Mishima where he's saying, like, nobody really reacted to Shido's, like, confession either, right? So there's some weird stuff still going on where, like, people still aren't sure because Shido hasn't been arrested or whatever. So, like, there's a lot of, like, hinky sort of, like, the public's not reacting exactly how they think they're going to be reacting yeah. again. Uh, and uh, and uh, m- most importantly, though, you get free time. You do. In the cafe. You get free time in LeBlanc. Uh, what did you do? I finally made the perma pick. <laughs> Just in time. Really useful for me to use in all of the palaces. I now have the perma pick and can do with it as I please incredible yep anyway i love it <laughs> what did you do um, with your free time i did a thing that has been bugging me and i wanted to make sure i finished up i won the dice video game nice on the second to last roll oh of my six God. so that means i failed i did 11 rolls one out of 11 it's wild that's, that's, that's a low chance anyway. yeah it's not great Actually, stati- no, yeah, statistically, that's very low. <laughs> it's not great. Um, anyway, uh, what was I going to do next? Oh, yeah, so Morgana in the evening says that your deal is going to be ending soon, right? Morgana is like, well, we should 
split up because I'm not going to learn anything about myself or where I came from or get my memories back by sticking around with you, so we should probably end our deal. And you say, you can tell Morgana to stay forever. It's <laughs> very like, sweet. Morgana, stay forever. That's what I said. I'm not gonna, yeah. not going to tell Morgana to go. Um, but that's something on Morgana's mind. Then you get a cut to scene, a scene with Shido's subordinates um, who are basically freaking out, being like, how are we going to continue his plans? And so this doctor says, we'll say he needs a psych evaluation and we can keep him in medical care, right? And like, sort of just say he's not well. Um, and then the politician guy, the the acting director of the SIU is like, well, we can keep being like, I'll hold off Nijima, right, to like make sure she can't do sh- stuff to like get him in trouble there. Totally. And then the politician guy is like, we can keep using his plans and his plans being use the metaverse to put pressure on other governments yeah. because they have the research so they can just keep doing it, which is like, oh no, You've defeated Shido, but there's still a problem. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, Which is nice. now a decentralized enemy. Perfect. Just what we needed. Yes. Uh, uh, and our final day of the week. School unless time. You had something. No, school time. December 19th. Yeah. You go to school and you hear from Kawakami, hey, exams are tomorrow because there's still finals to take because we're still in high school. <laughs> I love it. I love that. I do too. Yeah, we've we've saved the world, we think, and and ourselves, and and defeated the the final evil, and now we got to take exams. Yep. Uh, you do a little study session with the gang. This is actually a thing I really like too, which we can talk about next week. Is like Makoto gives you one of three op- options to study, and you just kind of have to like pick one that you hope is going to be on the the test, and then she'll like teach you one of the things that you missed in the last month yeah. is like it's very cute yeah. i really like that um and that's basically that whole thing yeah nothing right? there's there's a text chain in class just continuing the like confuse that no one's really reacting sort of thing but that's right that's really it yeah our week ends on this very funny moment you know our week for the show ends on this like we did everything and then there's a little bit of school but yeah as far as as things look exams are tomorrow and then i went to the gym that night yeah congrats oh there's a couple back there's a couple of side things that i do want to call out okay one you get a text after the celebration party on the 18th uh oh yeah of yusuke give sends you a text of ryuji crying because he's so happy and it's very cute it's ryuji very is his best boy also i i also want to point out i don't know if you were going to but there's a text from yoshida during all of this Right. And it's like, oh, right, that dude who I haven't spoken to in six months. Yeah, an election too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and he says, it was a success. And he's like, well, I lost, but some people liked my ideas, so it was a success. Yeah. And you're like, good for you, Yoshida. Yeah, plucky, plucky nice guy. Yeah. Um, the poll is changed also to the do the Phantom Thieves exist question, and it goes up to, I think, like 20%. Yeah. Um. And then there's also a moment that I wanted to ask you about in the study session, which is, I think Ryuji at one point asks you if you ever want to get married and you have three options Mm -hmm. where you can either say like, absolutely, uh, no, or like, it's a secret. What happened for you here? Oh, I, I said, absolutely. Cause of course, uh, and And did, what did you do? I said, absolutely. Also, and Haru blushed. Yeah. Makoto also was like, really? You want to? Yeah. yeah, but like in a worried, like, oh, we're talking about marriage already, huh? 
Yeah, Hari didn't even say anything. She just like blo- just turned like peach red or peach orange. It's like that was it. Yeah, I I think Makoto might say like a couple words, but yeah, I'm glad there's a different thing per character. That's very good. Yeah, but yeah, uh, and I imagine that if you there's a different reaction to each of those, but yeah. Um, okay, that's our week. We're out. It's only took us an hour and a half to get through that, but it's it was a big great. Week. Yeah, because it was a big old palace, and I'm glad we took the time to do it. Uh, did you have a couple quick comments from that you wanted to read? About I the did. Yes, you are correct. Oh no, let me find these. Um, <laughs> here we go. Gonna find them. Who did I say had comments? Uh, the first one I'm going to read, and forgive me, I have not uh, read through uh, every bit in detail uh, before, so some of this might even be a surprise to me. But uh, Amy wrote in said Shido's Palace is my favorite, despite the irritating mice game. Love the aesthetic and the music. Rivers in the Desert made it into my top five songs on Spotify this year, uh, yeah. alongside. Take Your Time is my number two podcast because their number one was a thing they play for their dog. Uh, Akechi's brief return and demise is one of the saddest parts of the game. Uh, Kudos to Robbie Damon for nailing the emotional range in the voice acting, his voice pitching up and cracking on So Somebody Would Want Me Around and his closing You Really Are was a real gut punch. Uh, my takeaway from that, what Sha- Shadow Akechi slash Shido say, I feel like he was a very vulnerable and damaged person who was groomed and manipulated by Shido, and he was never really going to succeed. I don't forgive his crimes, but I feel sorry for him, much like the group does. Um, controversially, I have mixed feelings about the black mask look. It reminds me of a blueberry and licorice candy cane, and it's just as skin tight as Ans. It could have been cool to retain the prince visual, but flip the colors, um, like Salvaria from Valkyria Chronicles, which I do not know. Maybe that you've played, right? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, it tracks. I love Valkyria Chronicles. It's one of my favorite games ever. Uh, speaking of outfits, they mentioned some stuff about uh, DLC outfits, which we can get into another week, but I uh, just wanted to mention that one. And then we also got a comment from uh, Elek, who said... Uh, here we go. Uh, I remember really loving the music, some of the best soundtracks uh, within the whole experience. Uh, I remember disliking, they're not currently playing, but remembering uh, they disliked the mice game and got frustrated with it. Uh, Liked the return of Benedict Akechi and his demise uh, (laughs) and the way the team sympathized with him, showing the contrast between how they dealt with their harsh lives and how he did was great work. Um, a few, a few other things like Futaba freaking out about not being able to swim was a nice light touch. And, Ryuji finally getting his hero moment was epic. Um, there was one other comment, but if there's anything else you want to say, I'm just going to bring it up. No, yeah. Cool. We, uh, I don't have anything. Uh, this one came in from Lauren uh, via email, and Lauren wrote in and said, I'm sending this emotional this email after an emotional roller coaster I went through at the end of Shido's Palace. Uh, I feel like you'd empathize with me here. After leaving the final safe room at the side deck to face the cleaner, I was feeling positive. Having recently unlocked the twins' level 5 ability, I found myself with a whole new set of amazing new tricks up my sleeve. The subsequent fight with Akechi was touch and go, but I made it through. Making it back to the main hallway on the cruise ship, I knew that the first thing I should do was save, having gotten through around an hour of gameplay pretty successfully. However, Morgana was having none of this and told me off for trying to go to the safe room instead of heading straight for the treasure. I reluctantly obeyed. As the door to the treasure room opened, my screen went black. Power <laughs> cut. Uh, they were live. They live in the UK, and power cuts are once in a blue moon there. But of course, it happened right here. Um, oh man! I was so annoyed. I just had to leave the room. A few hours went by, and I had my dinner, trying to forget the amount of time I had wasted and how much I had to do all over again. Then a miracle happened. Somehow, when we switched the TV back on, there was Joker in the treasure room. 
I don't know how the heck it happened, but I can only conclude that Futaba swung the cognition in my favor. Uh, a month That's or so, wild. a month or so on, I've just completed the base game and having the best time with it. So excited for the royal content! I've amazingly managed to stay away from spoilers on that. So interested to see which direction it will take. Keep on doing what you're doing. Always love to tune in, as you have a way of making the listeners feel like the third person in the conversation. Well, Lauren, thank you for your story. Wow. I'm I'm sorry you went through all that stress, but I'm glad it worked out in the end. Dude, I've uh I've abandoned games after losing an hour of progress. Yep, <laughs> like I've just been like I'm good. Yeah. There have been I'll come back in a month. Definitely a couple games. Never do. Yeah, that's a that's a sad struggle, but I'm glad it worked out for you, Lauren. And uh, yeah, thank you, thank you to everyone who wrote in. I think there were a couple other uh, comments on the palace, and I'm sure we'll get more after this episode. But uh, yeah, a yes. very very cool palace to go through. So we do have our quizzes, which we want to get through really quick. I will say also we are going to be recording um, the. December 20, I think it's 26th episode, whichever one that is. The the next kind of big episode. Um, we're going to be recording it before this episode goes live. Mm-hmm. So we will not be able to read comments for that one either. But the week after is quieter. So we will hopefully be able to look back and take some comments there. Exactly. Uh, just, just so people know. Yes. Uh, but let's get into our final quizzes because uh, this is going long. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you an easy one for a persona pseudonym. Okay. I hope. Who's the raging bird god? Oh. We've already done... Is it Garuda? It is. Have okay. I have I done Garuda before? No, 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 we okay. haven't. I thought it was Garuda for a different bird god. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Garuda. I'll try to I'll give you one more. It's going to be tough, but who is the monarch of snow? Um King Frost. <laughs> Raw, yes, yeah, obviously. Uh, why don't you <laughs> I was going to drag that out longer, but then I realized we've been recording for an hour and a half, so maybe we should. <laughs> what, uh, what about your pop quiz for us? All right, pop quiz, we got, because it's the last palace, we're doing a last uh, treasure question for the palace, because I love these. I hope you enjoy them, too. Uh, this one's theme is, which one of these weird objects that doesn't sound like it should be in Shido's palace isn't actually in Shido's palace? These are, of course, the treasure items that you pick up and then sell to EY later. Uh, so these are, I just tried to pick the ones that are like, usually, you know, there's like gambling stuff in Sai's palace or whatever. Sure. These are just weird ones. <laughs> yeah. So which one of these is fake? A marble chessboard, a sequined glove, a tortoise hairpin, or an old kaleidoscope. <laughs> Those are your options. Okay. Marble chessboard, sequined glove, tortoise hairpin, old kaleidoscope. Uh, leave your comments. I'm at Tom R. Marks on Twitter. He's at, at JM Dornbush on Twitter. You can mess, leave a comment at Dornology, the Dornology YouTube channel. I always say that wrong. Or at Dornology at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we won't be able to get uh, these answers again, once or once again, we won't be able to answer for next time, but we'd still love to hear your answers in the comments as usual. Um, yeah, that's about it. It's time to go to sleep. It's getting real late at this point. Uh, we really appreciate you listening and we will be back next week for, um, a big old, another doozy of an episode. Yep. Another quiet week. Should be just a quick one to get through. No problem at all. It's going to be fun. Uh, excited to, to, to do that and for you you all to join us. That was almost slick, right? That was like I'm not excited at all. I'll put it that way. Cool. Anyway, uh good night everyone. Have a good and one. we'll see you next time. <laughs>